believe. Amen. 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 To God be the glory. If I knew the words of that song all the way through, I would definitely sing a couple verses or two. But I know I would mess it up, so I'm not going to do any such thing. Amen. Good morning, everybody. You can see we have our video display back up. And I don't know about you, some of you guys don't remember or know Anna Moore and Pat, but when I heard uh, Nimaye and, and Janae start harmonizing on that, uh, I just want to thank you. All of a sudden, I had flashbacks of the Potter's House. So I want you guys one day to sing that. <laughs> Yeah, it was, we know Sister Anna Moore and Pat would, would tear that song up when they sang that. Uh, but here we are, the day after we went out to the community and served. And while uh, we didn't serve as many people as we thought we would serve, I think it was probably a good first step for us to actually get out there that we weren't overwhelmed. And uh, we learned some lessons. I know I certainly did. And we'll, yeah. we will uh, meet and talk about those things so we know that we can plan better for the next time. Yeah. But I'm so Amen. thankful and grateful that we were able to go out there and do that. Yes. And when Brother Joe uh, told us about the young lady who said that she hadn't been to church in a while because church was only about money, yeah. that had been on my mind ever since he said those words. Yeah to think how sad it is that people have left the church not because God isn't good but because man has so corrupted what God has set forth and, and when I think about all these things that, that people have said and the actions that have taken place and, and, and what's been going on this week and we'll see it in, in my sermon and I was praying to God about how, we, how I should go about this and and, and we, will, we will get through this, and, and, and I'm just going to trust the God, the words that will go out, and I've asked him to, to not let it be me, but this is what needs to go. And so we're going to the New Testament book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 49 is where we're going to start, and it has these words, Luke chapter 2, verse 49. You know, the interesting thing is when I, I texted Jawan about the video, he said that the video always worked, never had a problem for them, but you guys know for two weeks we couldn't get this thing to work properly. Said nothing was done differently, and last night, uh, while I was sitting at home, and well not sitting, we just got through unpacking a bunch of boxes and I had to go to work on my sermon, just realized the issue was not with the system, it was with my computer in the sense that it was not enough power Connected. I didn't have the power cord. I just was running off the battery. Uh, and it's interestingly enough how what it took for the computer to work was to be plugged, or at least the AV to work, was to be plugged into the power source, which is something that we need to understand for our lives. That we try to go out and do things on our own without power, and it just doesn't work properly. It's not what the sermon is today, but that's just a little bonus for today. Stay plugged into the power. But the words of Jesus here says, and he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so we, we, we find in this little section of scripture uh, that Jesus uh, was with his family, his mother and father. They had gone to Jerusalem to uh, uh, come in for uh, the census. And then they would also 
uh, deal with some other things that were happening. And Jesus stayed behind while the family, the whole caravan, was on their way back to their land. Uh, what we find is interesting is that all of these people, when they made this annual trek to, to register and to, to count who they were for taxes and everything else, that the whole family, the communities would go together. Because I remember reading this years ago, wondering how could a mother and father forget their child? Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't just mom and dad loading up the minivan and going. This was the everybody, everybody in the family, everybody in the city going together. And so as the men led the way and the women and children trailed behind, Jesus was 12 years old approximately, and he's with his group of friends. It was easy. It wasn't uncommon for them, the families, to be separated while they're making this journey. And as they're on their way back, Jesus is in the temple teaching Teaching yes. as a child, teaching the learned people about what God is really about. And when they realize Jesus was not with them, they come back looking for him. And he's saying, what are you looking for me for? <laughs> yes. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so this morning we're going to talk on the theme, mind your business. Mind your business. And it just reminds you when you look at this and you see those words of Jesus. Why did you seek me? This is what he's saying to his mother and father. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so we see Jesus was with the family. They're doing all this stuff. They're going back and forth. They've been to the city. They've done their stuff at the temple. And Jesus is saying, I'm about my father's business. Yeah, yeah. When we as people are about our father's business, when we're, we're minding our business, you don't have time to worry about other people's business. Uh, we, we've said these words as parents to nosy kids. We've said them to nosy neighbors. We've said them to nosy family members. Mind your business. Yeah. Stay out of mine. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is out here saying, look, don't worry about me. You guys keep on doing what you're doing. I've got to mind my father's business. And we as Christian people have to remember or look at what does it really mean to be about church business? What does it really mean to mind the business of the church? Uh, we can see from these images here that I put on the screen just a few shots from yesterday of us praying before we go out, praying as we finished up, praying during the setup, praying of the food, that we go out and feeding the people. I was thinking, what is the business of the church? What really is the business of the church? Uh, this week, those of us who, who uh, share a same, uh, come from the same mainline denomination, and know people that this week has been a conference week for a particular denomination. And you see people posting all up and down Facebook and talking in the timeline. We are handling the business of the church. We are handling the business of the church. You see this image here versus a ballroom filled with people. Those of us who have participated in annual conference realize how much money is being spent just to hold 
the conference. Yeah. And then the money that is paid out to all the guest preachers who are coming, mm -hmm. all the guest musicians who show up, mm -hmm. all the presiding elders and all the bishops who are getting their money. We're conducting church business. Still the question, what is the business of the church? And secondly, what is church business? What is church business for us as believers in Christ? What is the business of the church? I, I think we can go to, to uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew and see what Jesus considers the business of the church. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, and it says, and this is at the beginning of his ministry, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and Andrew, his Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So when we ask the question, what is church business? Jesus gave us the answer. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Instead of being fishermen catching fish, I want you to catch people that will do what I call them to do. So as I sit there and I'm watching these things, and my wife told me, stop looking at Facebook. Stop looking at this. <laughs> these people bragging that they are doing the business of the church haven't fished one man. The people who are doing church business are only lining the pockets of fat cats that don't care about anybody. And later on today, they're going to gather together to have one man sit up and lie about why he's moving this man to this church and this person to that church because he supposedly was on his knees all night long praying for God. And we know that when we have seen and experienced this in the past, that when they make this move and move this one from this one, had nothing to do with God directing and everything to do with, he didn't pay me enough. Uh, uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. The kick the tribute and the mob they have when, the, when you go, when you're the lower person and you're kicking up to the boss, you have to pay tribute to the boss. Yeah. See, these bishops were not getting the proper tribute. Yeah. And as punishment, I'm going to take you from this money-making church and move you over here. Yeah. This has become the business of the church. When we yeah. saw the young lady and Joseph said, I couldn't, I've, I've walked away because it was about money. Yeah. No church that I'd ever been a part of actually went out and took care of people. And I'm watching all the videos, the choir last night, and everybody's all up and then they're happy, clapping their hands and they're singing the Kirk Franklin song. I never knew I could be so happy. Everybody's up and down and they're happy. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what is this purpose? What is the glory for? I mean, anybody can sing a song. Anybody can get up on stage and be, and be rocking and feeling good. But what does it take when it's time to actually go outside and do God's work? What is church? We, we've talked about it before. This idea of church is not just for Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday night when we have Bible study 
uh, uh, prayer service or choir rehearsal or the service we come through. Church is supposed to be more than dressing up on Sunday morning, coming in here for an hour and a half and then going back out living your same wretched life. No one has been healed in church that I've never seen. I've had some people that think that somebody prayed over them, poured some oil on them, and laid some hands on them. They felt okay, but then tomorrow they're right back where they were. I've been someplace where a person said, I feel like I'm getting my sight back only to have no sight. Other churches don't even try to do anything because they know they don't have any power. I, I was reading last night, it says many churches are struggling because first and foremost, they have lost their vision. We were in danger of losing our vision. We, we set up in the beginning of the forming this church to identifying exactly what it is that we wanted to do. And it has taken us five years to actually go out to the streets. Churches have lost their vision. Second thing, they have lost their power. The focus on man and not God takes away all of the power. Yeah, you got pews filled. Yes, you can fill up a ballroom. Yes, you can fill up a stadium, but you got no power. Think about a church that in the middle of a flood when people are losing their homes and dying and their doors are closed and have the audacity to go on national TV and say we couldn't let them in because of this when we got video footage showing there's no water anywhere. Churches are struggling. We have failed to mind our business. I put in parentheses the franchise. Because while we as people may not all be pastors, we all have a responsibility to do God's business. Our individual franchise. The franchise owner to go out and do God's work. But for all the stuff that we like to say and do, the pomp and circumstance that we like to to celebrate and acknowledge because our church is so big and because our church has so many people, we have forgotten the fact that you can't fish inside of a church. You can't fish in a ballroom. You can't fish showing a video of kids singing Kirk Franklin songs. Oh yeah, it's nice to sit around and say we got kids in church, but... What does that really mean? I was a kid in church, and then I was probably one of the worst teenagers away from home that anybody could see. Wasn't no criminal, but my attitude was bad. My actions were bad. Uh, See, I was reading. uh, uh, Did I put this up on this screen? Nope, I did not. Uh, I was reading where it said churches today want to be soul food restaurants instead of soul saving churches. We want to sit around there and serve you everything you want to hear, tell you everything's going to be all right instead of saving your soul. Uh, They want to be family life centers rather than life changing centers. See, every church now, the move is to get these big, glitzy buildings where you have your nice coffee bar outside, and the back in the teen center, you've got the rock climbing wall and video games, and inside, you know, you can just do whatever. You can go to the side, have your little coffee and your scone. Family center instead of life-changing center. As we, we, we have forgotten these little 
little churches with three pews and no air conditioning. Uh, we have traded those away, even though those were the places that sustained us, because even though the pastor didn't really didn't know more about the Bible than you, he was at least preaching truth. But Peter, not Peter, Paul told Timothy that there was going to come a time when people couldn't stand sound doctrine, so they raise up teachers that will scratch their itching ears. Yeah. See, they've traded these little bitty churches that were, they can't stand to be hot and uncomfortable for 30 minutes, yeah. and they go build these new churches in fancy places with the comfortable seats and the, the glitzy shows and the lights and these yeah. professional singers and musicians instead of the mother who could sit up there and be singing in this. Why she always got to sing? But she's singing from her heart. She was singing enough that I still at 52 remember those old songs and still sing them myself. And as you all know, I'm trying to bring back that non-singer singing. <laughs> the article I read, it says, we as churches need to stop trying to emulate the world's business. I sat there this morning, I'm listening to uh, uh, Kirk Franklin's praise on satellite radio, and every other song that comes on, I'm thinking, what's, am I listening to KGLH or am I listening to praise? Because it's the, got the nice bump, and that's good. I mean, I, I'm a, a, a wannabe musician. I appreciate music, musicality, and talent. And I hear this bass line, it's like, man. This is a good beat, but then you have to remember, what, what am I listening to? What kind of dancing is this music eliciting? Is it eliciting a praise dance, or am I going to try to get down like it's, you know, well, I'm about dating myself, some new Jack Swing. Stop trying to emulate the world's business and mind your business. So here's the question. How are you minding your business? Your franchise. We all have our own Christian franchise. Yes. Our lives are an example of that. Mm -hmm. How are you minding your business? And there are a few things that we do when we're minding our business. When you mind your business, you're aware that, and I put this in here being silly, it's an intergalactic enterprise. In other words, it's big business. Yes. You see, when, you, when you're dealing in business, uh, um, McDonald's is a multinational corporation. It stretches all the way around the world. Yes. Your franchise, as an individual franchise owner, typically is only going to be within a certain territory. The mother corporation is not going to flood the, the, the neighborhood or the community with individual franchises, but God has a different plan. He has given us franchise licenses in every territory. You're not limited to one spot. You can get your franchise right here, but it doesn't mean you only serve here. You can reach out and go anywhere you need to go. If you're on a plane from here to Bangladesh, that is part of your franchise territory. And we know this is big business, and we know that we have expanded territory because God said in Matthew 18, 19 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Yes. This is big business. Yes. Yes, yes. Don't just stay here inside your church walls, inside of hotel ballrooms. Get out there. Yes. Expand the business. Yes. Touch everybody. Yes. 
And then we see in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, he said to them, the harvest truly is great. There are customers out there, a lot of them. But there are very few people who own my franchise. There are laborers, a few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is big business. And if we were running, minding our business, and you had an opportunity like that, and know that you can go reach Brother Stephen, you can reach Sister Gwen, you can reach my dad, you'd be doing everything you could to get some more money. I'm selling it to Stephen, I'm selling it to Jesse, I'm selling it to Jordan, I'm selling it to everybody I have, but yet as Christians, we are content to stay within these walls. Not very successful in our franchise operation. We know it's big business again because in Romans 3.23, he said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All is everybody that is on this planet. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody needs the product we're supposed to be selling and managing. Can't catch fish in a church. Second thing, when you mind your business, you are aware that it is time sensitive. I put not FedEx because FedEx was time sensitive. We we don't have a lot of time. FedEx will guarantee that you'll get your package by 1030, 3 o'clock, or 430, or two days, whichever service you pay for. This is time sensitive stuff that we have to do God's work. Uh, The Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 4, he said... I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. There is a definite timeline that says this has to be done up to this point and anything after is too late. This is time sensitive when it comes to managing our business. When somebody tells you to mind your business, when we're saying mind your business, it is saying be true to what you have. Reach everybody that you have and understand there is a timeline here. We don't have all day. We don't have all night. Mm -hmm. I'll go to church tomorrow. May not make it. I'll pray for you next week. Uh May not be here. It is time sensitive. The time is now. Ecclesiastes 9.12 says, for a man does not know his time. That's right. We don't know our time, like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Today, we may think everything is fine. Right now, we might think everything is fine, but on the way home, we can be taken like fish in a cruel net or birds caught in a snare. If we didn't do handle our business today, you may not get a chance tomorrow. In the meantime... Instead of minding our business, we sitting around and telling everybody what's wrong with their life, what they're doing wrong, how they're living is not right, but we haven't minded our business. Matthew 24, 44. Therefore, you also be ready. You also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Time sensitive. Third thing. When you mind your business, you're aware that it is tailored to meet individual needs. One of the things that we like to, when we go, uh, Burger King was the one that had that slogan, have it your way. It was tailored to your need. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special order, don't upset us. 
I don't know why I remember that, but I'm ready to sing the song that goes with that. Uh, it was tailored to the person's individual needs, as opposed to McDonald's. Now they'll do it today, but once upon a time, you go to McDonald's, you get a hamburger, you got a bun, sprinkle. I used to work there, so I know, with mustard and ketchup, because I used to take a little thing, you had a little squirt, squirt, patty, a couple of onions, toast that bun, that's it. Then they got to the place where they wanted to change it up. Well, if you didn't want mustard or you just wanted extra ketchup, you can get it done. Tailored to meet each individual need. Matthew 18, 12 and 14 says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains and seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than the other 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. This is a tailored franchise. Yeah, you got 99 over here that want it one way, but there's one that you got to change it up to reach. That means when you change it up to reach, it is not the way I say it should be. It is the way God says it should be. It don't matter what I think, how you're doing things, how you're responding to things, how you live in your life. It is about the way God said, minding your business realizes that it ain't my way, it's God's way. And I have to tailor what this message is, or I have to tailor this business, this franchise, to your needs. If you need someone to be compassionate, then I have to be compassionate. If you need empathy, I have to be empathetic to you. If you need love, I have to love you. If you need forgiveness, I gotta forgive you. First Peter 5, verse 7. An example, he says, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. Singular. This is an individual, tailored business that we're in to meet the need of these people. Whoever that person is, whatever that need may be. That is why God equips us to do the work of Christ. We are in a unique position to meet the needs of somebody. You may wonder, how is, why did God bless me with this? Why did God bless me with that? It's because somebody needs what it is God blessed you with. I don't deserve all this that God has given me. Yeah, you're right, you don't. So go bless somebody else who don't deserve it too. <laughs> Philippians 4.19 And my God who shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus uh, supply all your need. So yesterday we saw some people that needed compassion. They needed food. I, I was telling Sean last night I said one of the things that I got from yesterday was the immense level of humanity that exist in those people. And beyond the, the humanity, the level of dignity, they still try to maintain in their state. So when I'm walking down the street to, to let people know, hey, come down there near the corner, we got chili, you got a free meal for you. These people, there was some man living in a van that got out his, the man with the wheelchair who somebody took the chili to. When I first saw him, he was out there in a wheelchair sweeping the sidewalk in front of his van. Yeah, yeah. 
because he's trying to maintain, this is his home, he's trying to maintain this area here. His humanity did not escape me. His dignity did not escape me. But for some reason, we as a society, we will gather in buildings like this, in ballrooms, thinking we're doing something great, and we have lost sight of the humanity of human beings. We drive by them like they don't exist, like they're invisible. And he says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And yet we drive by in our fancy cars, looking at them, thank God it ain't me. Or what's that other thing, uh, except for the grace of God go I? Something else that ain't in the Bible. <laughs> we have lost sight of who they are. And the dignity they possess. The one family I walked in, I think it was the family that actually came and got some chili. They had a doormat in front of this mobile home. And they had, you can see, they had the stuff in the back on the side. It's covered up to keep it protected from the elements. They have other things over here. They have this chain there. Everything was nice and in order on the sidewalk. But they still maintained their dignity. So we go out and we supplied what they needed at that time. People who showed that we care about you. People who showed them we love you. I hope you guys at least felt a sense of not pride, a sense of contentment, I guess, that you at least were obedient enough to do this and solve this. Yeah, it felt good to actually go out and help somebody and realize these people didn't have much. And you can see the ones who ain't were appreciative. Minding our business. We need to mind our business now while we have the opportunity because the day, one day, we won't have the opportunity. The opportunity witness is going to pass. The opportunity to speak up is going to pass. The opportunity to love is going to pass. The opportunity to minister is going to pass. The opportunity to forgive is going to pass. The opportunity to pray is going to pass. If we don't mind our business, again, I ask the question, what is the business of the church? What is church business? And how are you minding your business? How are you minding your business? Years, years I've been going to church. Years I've done nothing. Except go to church. Years I showed up in ballrooms bragging and boasting about how spiritual we were. Angry at the transfer of pastors. Angry at the behavior of people. Angry at the money that was being wasted. And thinking of how many people need clothes. How many people just need soap? Yeah. Yeah. And we walk past some of those motorhomes. I mean, there's no sanitary outlet. Yeah. The smell was overwhelming. Yeah. But even in that stench, they were trying to maintain their humanity yeah. and their dignity. Yeah. 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 
but we got entire denominations of people gathering in ballrooms around the country, spending hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars collectively to boast on themselves, bragging about what they're doing, excited about people singing songs, and not one person fishing for men. What is the business of church? When we mind our business as the franchise owner, are we enticing people to try this, what we have? Because we go to church. I go to church. I know you need to be, you need to do what I'm doing. But nothing says you got a good product. If this is what you say, and you think this is working for you, I don't, none of this is what you got. Nobody will tell you that verbally, but they tell you that when they avoid you. When they tell you, yeah, 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 I'm going to come visit your church. I'm going to come visit, and they never do. It's not because they don't have the time. They don't want what you're selling. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Well, I want to be a part of what you a part of. That was what I used to ask somebody. I asked somebody, when I was away from church, I asked somebody, what makes you think I want to be someplace with you? All you do is keep up mess. All you do is argue. You ain't ever here at work. And when you're working, you are just on the clock. Why do I want to be a part of what you were selling? Wasn't minding his business. Not a good franchise owner. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the business of church? What is our business? And are we minding our business properly? Because if we're not, time is short. There are a lot of people that need what we're trying to sell. But we have to package it in God's way, not the world's way. We got a lot of churches of people being filled with a packaged product that's not God. I tell people all the time, read your Bible. Don't tell me that this guy is nice and he makes you feel good. Read your Bible. Because if it is not in the Bible, it don't mean nothing. You remember I told you, the person told me, does everything that's spiritual have to be in the Bible? (laughs) If it ain't in the Bible, it ain't spiritual. And if we as a church continue to just talk about stuff and not do it, they're just ideas. It means nothing if we don't go outside the walls. If we talk about being fishermen, we can't fish and catch no fish unless we get out. That's right. We actually have to get up with just, like my dad's a fisherman. Yes. You can't go fishing when it's convenient for you. You got to get up early. You got to prepare. Get make sure you have all your equipment. That's right. Make sure the car is gassed up. Yeah. Make sure your battery's charged up. <laughs> because you try to go out and fish without a fishing pole, yes. without bait, you can't catch anything. It's the same thing for us as believers. We got to be prepared with this word of God. We got to prepare with it when we study, when we pray. 
Because we can't go out and talk to people about the goodness of God if we don't know anything about the goodness of God. We've got to mind our business. Amen. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we praise you.